Hi everybody, it's Mark, and before we start the cast, I just have a quick recommendation for you. It's June 2013, the economy's not that great. You probably know somebody who's graduating from college, or maybe you have a child yourself graduating college, or if you're listening, you've actually graduated from college. Uh, welcome aboard to the Manager Tools uh, community. And uh, we have a special uh, on First Job Fundamentals. Uh, First Job Fundamentals has 15 casts, I'm sorry, 13 podcasts in the series. It has a bunch of associated materials. And we have a bunch of short, what we call Mythbuster casts to get rid of the dumb things that young people think about their careers that are just wrong, like, oh, follow your passion. This series is designed to help that person have the best possible start to their career. People have been asking for it for years and and it's become very popular. So anybody who buys uh, the First Job Fundamentals series is also gonna get the written materials associated with resumes for graduates because so many schools give such poor guidance. Unfortunately, I wish we could tell you different, but school guidance on resumes, guys, is not good. Don't believe your son or daughter if he or she says, this is what my school thinks I should have. So we recommend you uh, come to the website and purchase for job fundamentals so you can get the additional guidance and resume for graduates. Hope you'll take advantage of it. Thanks. And now on with the show. Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, ordering multiple interviews. Part one. Here we go. I know both you and I are often surprised at how little thinking goes into interviewing a candidate. What's going to happen during that day? In a, a day of face-to-face interviews, and people just don't think about it. They Almost as if it randomly it. gets put together. Yeah, there's a bit of randomness. There's a bit of there's not any really strategic thinking. Not that this is strategy, but there's no big picture thinking. And frankly, we want to make some recommendations because we don't want you to have to think about it. We want you to just do what we have data suggest really, really works. Yeah, and some very simple things that we're going to talk about today can make a huge impact on how well the day goes for both you and for the candidate. Yeah, the number of people who say, I'm going to interfere first, and then I'm going to have my team, and then my boss is going to interview last, big mistake. Big mistake. So we'll talk about that. All right. Nine points. First of all, we want to start with some process assumptions because we assume you're doing some things that are helpful and connected to the the recommendations we're going to make here. Um, Second, you start the day. The first thing that happens with the candidate is you start the day with the candidate, but you don't start with an interview. You start with an overview of the day. Okay, you don't interview first. Then all of your directs interview during the day. But when I say all, you're going to discover that with hour-long interviews, if you have 10 directs, you're not going to get to all of them. Um, and so all is asterisks, if you will. We then recommend that senior people get 75-minute long interviews because senior people get more time. Junior people get 60 minutes, okay, one hour. You really can't interview somebody well in less than an hour unless you're really, really good. And 99% of the people aren't really, really good. Or you're really, really um, bad. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, if you're really bad, it's easy. I like this guy. Yeah, that's the wrong. <laughs> Don't go there. Um, we, we start with senior people in the morning. We assume 90 minutes for lunch. And we'll talk about why that is. Just it gives you some buffer room and it depends on how you want to handle lunch. But you could save some time and get maybe another interview in by shortening it. There are two ways to do lunch. You interview last and then we'll end with a rough example of an agenda, how we would put together an agenda for having you and four or five of your directs interview somebody. Yeah. I bet that you interview last is going to throw a lot of people. Yeah, I think so. Well, first of all, I think that I I certainly respect the fact that some people say my boss says he or she has to interview someone. I I disagree with that in principle. 
Um, but I understand that if your boss says he has to do it, then he has to do it. But what I would do is just simply give my boss 30 minutes rather than two hours. Okay, so let's talk about some process assumptions in terms of how we look at interviewing. You know, we're, we're assuming that you've done some pretty serious pre-screening, right? Yeah, HR's probably had a conversation with the candidate. Now, to be clear, guys, HR being involved is not necessary. We don't, Manager Tools does not recommend HR being involved. We're not saying HR should be excluded, specifically excluded. Some of you are required to allow HR to be involved. Um, the problem is the mandatory HR interview, and, and, and don't assume that HR is good at interviewing folks because many of them are not, okay? They assume that because they're in HR, they're good interviewers, and then they ask questions like, if you were a color, what color would you be? Um, I, I actually answered that question once by saying black, and the person thought I was making a racial comment, and I said, no, black, because that's the, that's the color of profitability. And then they said, well, that seems kind of harsh, like not people focused. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't share your second thought because black is the color of death. Too. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I want, yeah. Yeah. And then it's violence and racial. I mean, you know, and, and I really, you know, this person's inference was not my implication, obviously. But anyway, um, that's that's how stupid questions like that totally ruin interviews. Um, but when HR gets involved, a lot of times managers go, oh, HR is involved. And then somehow HR it morphs into HR driving the process, which is bad. That's a bit like you as a line manager being responsible for health and wellness briefings. That's just dumb. Okay. But, you know, when we say pre-screening, what we mean is you've certainly, you've conducted a phone interview. You've looked at resumes. You've whittled it down from a bunch of raw resumes into a few that you then did phone screens on. And this person that we're talking about being in, in your offices for a day of face-to-face -face interviews has been phone interviewed by you. And folks never bring in a candidate for a full day of interviews with you and with other people on your team unless you have conducted a phone interview. And that's just, guys, that's just cheap insurance. Don't waste the day. And don't, don't embarrass people, right? If, if they're wrong, you'll know. If you haven't done the pre-screen, you'll know that they're wrong within an hour or two. And then there's costs and time and security and ugh, logistics of this kind of stuff is getting harder and harder every year, it seems like. Okay? Um, we also assume that you're going to conduct behavioral interviews. Okay? We don't recommend anything else. If, you don't, if you're not going to do behavioral interviews, we really don't think it matters much what the order of your interviews is going to be. Okay, because no other no other no other interviewing process has data to suggest that it works. So, heck, if you don't have data about the most important part of the day, which is the actual question and answer session in the interviews, why bother spending all a lot of time rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic? It was dumb. Okay, no thoughtful ordering of any day of interviews will save you from the failure of poorly delivered interviews. It's that simple. Yeah, that's right. True. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are licensees, this is not in the show notes, but I'm just going to mention, we assume you're smart enough not to have panel interviews in order to save time because interviewing is so much about quality, the idea of saving time is ludicrous. Okay, Panel interviews are wrong and bad and dumb, and we don't recommend them. I even had somebody a few years ago ask me, Mark, uh, I know you don't recommend panel interviews, but I really need to do one, so can you, can you make some recommendations about how to do one? And I said, we don't recommend people... <laughs> We don't rec make recommendations about how to do things that we don't recommend. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, I won't. And he actually, I think it was in the forums, and the person kind of got upset at me. I'm sorry. You know, I don't, I just don't, 
It doesn't matter what you doesn't matter how good our recommendations are. It's still going to be bad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, rearranging deck chairs. Okay. We further assume that your directs know how to interview, which is guys. No, no offense. That's a pretty big assumption. That's not in evidence in most places. And we're not saying you're wrong. If your directs don't know how to interview, that's okay. And let's come up with a plan. And that that'll be something we'll we'll put out here in the future. Or if you have folks that don't know how to interview, you're going to discount their input. And you may be using this candidate coming in as an interview training opportunity for your new direct. Folks, the best way to train people on how to interview is to have them interview people. So we assume that the people you're going to have interview know what they're doing, know how to conduct a behavioral interview. Okay. We also assume that questions are predetermined, right? Very little good, guys, comes from free-form interviews of candidates whom you've already pre-screened. And folks, when we say that the questions are predetermined, we know what questions we're going to ask, and every, every person who interviews asks the same questions. Yes. Yeah, well, you're not exactly the same, right? We'll do like 70% of the same, and then, of course, there are different probes and so on. But fundamentally, the template of the interview is the same for everyone. And if you're surprised at that, well, that just tells you that there's a lot to learn about interviewing, and that's okay. Most managers have a lot to learn. Don't feel like the Lone Ranger. And, and let us say again for the record, I think, Mike, we should agree that is a fundamental principle going forward anytime we talk about managers interviewing in any way, shape, or form, including the effective interviewer series, which this series of casts, this cast is a part of and the free part of the future paid uh, effective interviewer series, we're going to say in every one of the interviews, hiring is the most important thing managers do. It's, it's without a doubt, without, without, a, doubt. A, without you, a doubt, There's you, no you hire question. well, everything else gets easier. There right? you go. We assume further um, that you ascribe to the idea that the purpose of interviewing is to say no. Just say no. Yeah, just say no. It's <laughs> so easy. In other words, you're looking for reasons to rule people out. When you bring somebody in, your purpose, folks, is not to find things to like. Your purpose is to find things not to like. If you look for things to like in people, you'll hire anybody. And only later, when you really start paying attention and they, you're getting a little irritated, will you realize, oh, there's a lot not to like here. Well, I would, but and you, we, we respect the fact that you wouldn't see it. If you're looking for things to like, you won't see things not to like, uh, particularly with clever interviewees. Further, we assume you intend to honor the input of your team members. Okay. We're not going to have team members input just to chat with them. Okay. If, if they're interviewing, we, we do recommend that your teammates interview future hires. Simple. I mean, I'm sorry, not your teammates, but the the candidate's future teammates, your directs. Um, We absolutely recommend that. And we assume further that what you'll be using amounts to a black ball interviewing system. And if you don't know what that means, that means that even one voice against hiring someone will result in the candidate being rejected. Now, look, you you can overrule that. And I've done it before, um, but it ought to be pretty rare. The idea of blackball is very helpful to the process in terms of your directs understanding the weight that interviewing has. If one of your directs isn't a professional regarding interviews, not ready, not prepared, not knowledgeable, it may be necessary to exclude them from the slate of interviews. So uh, you, you could certainly use it as a training opportunity and not have their vote count. That, that happens, although you still ought to have them vote. <laughs> 
And speaking of voting, we assume that you'll conduct an interview results capture session the day of the interviews, and there is a cast for that. Yeah, and there, and it's worth listening to, and it's not quite yeah, as simple as you might think. It's not just yeah, exactly. everybody, you know, yeah. voting. It's a little bit more intricate than that. Yeah, and valuable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 actually one of my favorite casts because when people listen to it for the first time, they go, "Oh my gosh, no wonder we made a mistake on that last mm-hmm. hire. No wonder." One guy on the team likes him; everybody else hates him because of what we, the way we handle the the, the post interview discussion. It's not a discussion. It's not, guys. It's a results capture session. Now, look. Having said all those, it's not necessary you agree with all of those assumptions, but the further you find yourself departing from them, the less effective the scheduling guidance is. Okay, and let's be clear about something. The assumptions we just talked about, the, the steps in the process we just went through that we're assuming you're using are far more important to the quality of your interviewing outcome than the schedule itself, okay? Nonetheless, the, the schedule matters. So people ask me all the time about, oh, okay, how do I schedule interviews? Well, this is how. There you go. And after all that, you think that if you believe that we think interviewing is a very, very <laughs> serious thing for managers and there's a lot of information we've published about it, yeah. you would be right. So if this is the first cast you've listened to relative to interviewing for manager tools, you have some catching up to do. And I'd yeah. highly recommend you do so. Yeah, and, and, and to be to be clear, we don't we're not gonna we're never gonna back off on on interviewing. You wanna get better as a as a manager in terms of delivering results and retaining people, hire better. That's the yeah. first thing you need to do. Hiring happens before the Trinity. It's not more important than the trinity because it happens at a different time in the process it's the most valuable thing you do as a manager yeah Yeah. and we have very high standards about the most important things you do yeah as we should and as you should as as well yeah yeah okay so with those kind of entry-level things let's let's talk about how we start the day and it's interesting enough (laughs) it's not with an interview yeah let me mention one other thing we're going to be pretty we're pretty strident about this stuff Probably it'll probably sound less strident to some of you who have been listening for eight years, um, because I think this cast, Mike, isn't this cast coming out on roughly our eight-year anniversary? It is. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I didn't think about um, that. Yeah, um, they just blend together. <laughs> yeah. So eight years ago, yeah, four hundred or so manager jewels casts ago, stridency would have been me being getting on a soapbox. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say this is super important, guys. And it's okay if you're not this good to start off with. It's not okay not to try to get better because you're leaving out the biggest lever you have. And I'll tell you what I hear all the time. Managers say, well, I'm trying to schedule the day and this guy says he doesn't have this time or that guy doesn't have that time. And if I'm in a bad mood, which I rarely am, but if you catch me in a bad mood and you say to me, one of my people says he can't interview that day. I always say to the manager, who do they work for? Do they work for some other dude? In other words, are you not their boss? Do you not have any role power? I mean, we have manager tools doesn't recommend role power all that much. But boy, when we, when we recommend it, we bloody well mean it. Don't tell me. If you work for me and you tell me, well, I, I can't schedule it then. I got this. Uh, no, you don't have that anymore. You have an interview. Well, that's going to make my day harder. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me check. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> and, and, and guys, I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but 
This is the most important thing anyone will do the day they're doing these interviews. This is the schedule. This is one small part. We have another cast coming out about the way you have the meeting. It could be during a staff meeting where you talk about the days of interview, the day of the interview with all of your staff in advance about how to handle certain things. There's all kinds of subtle guidance we have to share with you. In the same way that in the interviewing series of podcasts, which I think is, is originally 15 casts that were paid, but now there's maybe 25 casts in the series, um, which you, if you bought the interviewing series, you keep getting added um, more paid casts. You, you don't do this and, and negotiate with one of your directs about when they're going to interview somebody. You just don't. You say, no, this is the most important thing you or me or anybody else in the team are gonna do that day, cancel whatever it is you're doing. Well, that's gonna be hard. Yeah, well, good things are hard. Well, it's with your boss. I'll tell my boss that you're not coming. Well, isn't it gonna get you in trouble? I don't care. Or if it is gonna get in trouble, I'd rather get in trouble with my boss one day about one meeting than rearrange the schedule or, or underemphasize the single most important thing that's gonna happen this much, this month, in this organization. I, it's safe to say as a general rule that if you're interviewing a candidate, unless you interview candidates every week because you constantly have needs because you're, you have a really high turnover because of some sort of internal processes in your company, guys, the interview that you have with a candidate, that will be the most important day of the month for every single person on your team. And you need to tell them that. And if you're not telling them that, you're sending the wrong message about how valuable this is. And if they know that in advance, they won't argue with you about when you assign the interview time to them. If they say they're going to a customer, say, no, I'm sorry. This is more important than any day with any customer. It is. <laughs> it yeah. Is. And, and, and God, dude, how many times have you and I shaken our head at mistakes that we hear other people make or that we felt we've made in terms of the lack of rigor, right? right? It's just, it's just, guys, if you're 25, if you're 30, if you're 35, if you're 30 or 35 and you're just starting your interviewing career, if you will, as a manager, you finally made manager and now you have to interview. Take it from somebody who's interviewed tens of thousands of people. Mike's interviewed thousands of people. This is the most important thing you do. Probably a, a large piece of our audience, we don't have to stress this too much yeah, because sure, yeah. they've gone through this and they've made they've made all those mistakes and realized it. And but if you're yep. if you're young in your career and you're new to management and you haven't had to go through this and you haven't mad made that bad hire sure, that it took you yeah. two years then to correct or get rid of or you never right. got rid of them or never could, you do that once you'll you'll understand what we're talking about. And if you don't know, yeah, and if you don't know what it's like to hire, make a bad hire, look around your organization with a person that nobody likes working with who doesn't deliver a lot of value that you think, why can't they get rid of that guy? That guy was a bad hire. It's a bad hire. Yeah. And the impacts last forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> it, seems like, exactly. it seems like. Let's go on to our second point about how you, how you, the hiring manager, start the day. And our point here is it's not what you think. You don't start. You start, but not with an interview. Yeah, you never, guys, you never interview first. If you interview first, the candidate will put far too much weight in, onto their interaction with you. If they think it went poorly, regardless of whether it did or not, and the vast majority of candidates who go through a long behavioral interview, if they're in any way not prepared, will assume it didn't go well, they're doomed the rest of their day with, with you and your team. If they think it went well, gosh, we have data on this. 
Regrettably, they may also be doomed by believing that the rest of the day is just them meeting your team. In fact, I've had managers say, well, I always tell them just to sort of soften things up. I want you to meet the team. And then there's a series of interviews and the candidate actually says afterwards, well, I just thought I was meeting them. It's not fair. Are you kidding? I, I see, yeah, no, you're going to be interviewed. In fact, at the end of the day, you're going to be wrung out. I just want to tell you that. And I want you to, I want you to think that this is a playoff game. I want you to think this is serious. And you can be totally bone tired when you get in the car to go home, but or go back to the airport. But just imagine that you, that you don't make that clear to the candidate. They let their guard down. They don't realize that any one of the people they're interviewing with could say no, and the answer then is going to be no. How can you feel good about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a Romeo. It could be a Romeo and Juliet, right? There you go. We don't want that. We don't want that. So you never interview first. And look, the start of the day is important for a couple of reasons, guys. First, the candidate is nervous. Okay. That works against the majority of candidates because their nervousness goes from eustress to distress. Having them talk to you first actually calms that down a little bit. They know you. And they want to like you because you interviewed them and decided they were good enough to be interviewed more thoroughly. And and we assume you've communicated that. And of course, that's something we'll talk about in a different cast. That's a false connection they've made, but that's fine. That works to your advantage, okay? Second, candidates will believe more fully in the outcome of a process that appears well-organized and well-managed. A candidate who is turned down If you take time in the beginning to brief them on what's going to happen and then they see a process that follows your briefing, they're going to feel that process was fair even if they're told no. The candidate who's given an offer, who's given an offer by you, will feel the offer means a great deal more coming from a well-oiled machine like the one with which they have interacted that day. I had this experience. I, I went, um, after getting in the Army, I went to uh, interview with, what, Michelin, right? Wasn't it Michelin? Right, yeah, Michelin, And they took yeah. it through a very vigorous interviewing process. I was very impressed, very impressed with the company. And they said no. And I still, I, I, yeah. I, I still loved them. I still wanted to buy their tires. Well, we, we often say that recruiters are the best salespeople because they tell no to say no to people, but people still have to like them, right? They still, they don't want people hating the company. We don't want people hating the company that told them no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't interview with Michelin, but almost everyone says the process, well, it's a bunch of engineers, right? And now we have Michelin people coming to our conferences. And um, in fact, we had a great story recently about a uh, Michelin, it's been a couple of years ago now, the, the, the Alabama plant, I think, that was, that was affected by the tornado. Um, and I remembered well, you're in my experience with Michelin. Classy, very classy, very highly motivated to screen carefully up front. Um, they did a couple of tests in the interview, right? Like, oh, they did. Uh, yes. Yeah. One of which I yeah. filmed miserably. Yeah, I'm sure I would. This whole three-dimensional well, drawing thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Something about a, a ball and a, a piece of thing and a calculus question or something like, yeah, I, I, remember, cal- I remember calculus. I, I turned it in and I said, I didn't, I didn't pass that. <laughs> Yeah, I remember very clearly being interviewed at Procter and Gamble, and and Lee Rodriguez was the interviewer, and I remember thinking, this was an exceptionally good interview. I mean, he was very insightful. Um, yeah, it makes an enormous difference. So your role, I'm sorry, guys, your role in this initial discussion is to give an overview of the day to explain what's going to happen, give them their schedule for the day. You're just basically the in briefer. And look, this meeting requires its own cast. 
because there are more subtleties to it. And the last thing in the, this cast, in our sample agenda, we're going to recommend you schedule 30 minutes for this. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll finish up this series next week. So in the meantime, have a great one. So long. So long.